Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone here today. A very special welcome to any first-time guests. You are our honored guest, and we welcome you into this place. We welcome those of you who are worshiping with us online. We pray that wherever you are worshiping, that you can feel the Holy Spirit in the presence of the Lord. If this is your first time worshiping with us here at the Forks, we invite you after the service to go by our Welcome Center out in the foyer. We would like to give you a small gift, a token of our love and appreciation for you being here today and worshiping with us. But we are so thankful that you all are here. A very uh, special welcome to all of our mothers. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. We love you and are so grateful that you are able to spend uh, this special day with us here at the Forks. We pray God's blessing upon you. But we are grateful again for each and every one of you. At this time, I would like to invite you to stand. Tell someone you're glad to see them here today. Could you do that?
Good morning. My name is Mary Rainwater, and I have the privilege of being the children's director here at Forks, and this morning we're honored to share in a baby dedication. Um, we read in the Old Testament about the people of Israel and how the Lord led them out of slavery in Egypt, through the wilderness, and then into the promised land, and the Lord went before them in all those situations to prepare a good place for them. And yet, when they got to the promised land, they were surrounded by people who didn't follow the Lord, who had customs and traditions that weren't pleasing to God, and they were left to kind of determine whether they were going to stick with their faith and follow the Lord or not. It reminds me a little bit of us in our life today, our culture. Um, as Christians, we're surrounded by people who don't follow Christ or people who act in ways that aren't glorifying to him, and we're left with the decision ourselves as to how we're going to handle that. Joseph was the leader of the Israelites who was appointed after Moses. And at the end of his life, he called the people of Israel back together to, to give them a message from the Lord. And he reminded them of the faithfulness of the Lord in leading them out of slavery and leading them through the wilderness and defeating their enemies to give them the land and the promised land. And then we hear his words in Joshua 24:15. He said to the people, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And families, those of you who are here to dedicate your children today, we're so proud of you because you are saying today that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it is such an honor and a blessing to us here at Forks that you're choosing to do that with us. We know that raising children is hard. We know that um, there are a lot of forces around us acting against us. And we want you to know that we love you. We are praying for you and with you. And we are excited to join you in this journey of your family and raising your children. Um, part of the gift that you received this morning, this, just a small gift from the church, there was a prayer shawl that was handmade for your child by our prayer shawl ministry. We've prayed for your children by name. We, and again, we are just so thrilled that you've chosen to do this this morning here at Forks. And I do have a challenge, though, that um, as you continue to go through life, it's not always easy to continue to choose to serve the Lord. Life is hard, and there are a lot of people around us trying to take us in a lot of different directions. And so the challenge would be that tomorrow your family would still say, today we choose to serve the Lord. And the next day, that you would still say, today we choose to serve the Lord. As Pastor Todd says so often, giving our life to Jesus is the greatest decision we can ever make. It's the only one that lasts for eternity. But it's a daily decision to follow Christ and to live in a way that honors him and a way that points our children to him. And so next Sunday, as you bring your children back to church, and the Sunday after that, our prayer for you and with you, is that we would all choose each day to continue to serve and honor the Lord in all that we do. We are so thrilled, and just um, it's just such a privilege to be able to work with you and your families. We have eight young children being dedicated this morning, so as I say your name, I just invite you to come and join us on the, up here on the platform. Addison Deborah Lee Herod. Not sure if this 
Graham Lawrence Hart and Jackson Reed Hart. Brooks C. McCoin. Kaylin Lee Minx. Mallory K. Pennington. Clara Grace Roberts. Christopher Z. Rogers. future looks bright here at this church, and we are so grateful, all these beautiful babies. <laughs> Guys, let me just tell you what a beautiful gift God has given you, given you these precious babies, these precious children, and uh, may we always take seriously our covenant, our vow to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And so I'm going to issue a challenge to you, a covenant that I ask that you would respond with the words we do after I ask the question. So if it be your intention to bring this child to the Lord and to pledge yourself to bring him or her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, please answer we do to the following promises. Do you hear this day? Recognize this child as the gift of God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessings. Do you hear this day? Dedicate this child to the Lord who gave him or her. Do you hear this day? Pledge as parents that you will bring up this child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Do you hear this day promise to give this child every possible benefit of home, of school, of the church? Do you hear this day ask God's blessings upon his or her life to guide, guard, and direct him or her through all his or her years? 
May we pray together. Father, you've heard this covenant, this commitment that these parents have made before you and before these witnesses. I pray that you would give them the strength, O oh God, to keep their vows, that they would indeed bring their children up in the Lord. And Father, that we as a church would make a commitment to love them, to pray for them, to encourage them, to support them. And we pray, Lord, that one day every single one of these precious children will come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And Father, that these parents would make you a priority in their lives. And Father, that you would bless their extended families that are here today, grandparents, great-grandparents, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters. Father, would you just bless the entire family as they are a blessing to us. So, Father, we commit these children to you. We dedicate them to you. Pray that you would guard them and direct them and protect them and nurture them and they would grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for what you're going to do in their lives. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. Let's show our love for these precious families again. Okay, guys.
time now uh, to come to the altar. You know you can, um, the altar can't change the past, but you can sure bring your past and your cares and concerns to the altar now. So if you want to come and pray at the altar, now is the time to join us. my voice this morning. Um, I come to you thanking you and praising you for what's already happened, God. We've had such good music. We've had baby dedication, God, and we just lift all that up to you, and it just gets better and better, Lord. I just pray, God, for the message that we're going to hear, God. I pray you give Brother Todd an extra spurt of energy, excitement, and God, he just needs your power and your strength, and we thank you for that. And may the message we hear, God, God, we're going to take it out with us today as we leave this church and, and tell others about you, God. Just fill our heart with that love. And God, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, don't let them carry, God. Let them run to the altar at our invitation and come and accept you as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, thank you for, um, I thank you, God, for those black boxes out in the foyer where we can leave our tithes. God, and that you would bless them as we help others, as we uh, carry your word to other places, God, and serve you. Thank you, God, that we can give joyfully and thankfully. And Lord, today is a day that we just can't forget our mothers, can we? Oh, God, I, I looked out and I saw so many mothers and so many grandmothers, God, and I am so blessed to be both. There is no love like a mother and a grandmother besides your love, God. And I thank you and praise you that I can do that and many of us out here can. God, we just, we're just going to give you all the praise and all the glory. And God, I just want to thank you, God, for your many blessings. And God, I just want to say, may we always pray, just, God, just um, excitement in this church, God. The building is not the church. We're the church, and help us to show that in our everyday lives. And God, may we always serve you till we see you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Martha, for leading us beautifully in prayer. And if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 22. I'm grateful for all the beautiful music that we've had so far, and I ask that you be in prayer for the choir as they'll be coming to lead us after the reading of God's Word. This is a familiar passage to many of you, maybe new to others. One verse, verse 6, Proverbs 22. Start children off on the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, choir and ladies, for leading so beautifully. Thank you for being here today again, allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. Always like to start with a little uh, humor or something on the light side to get you prepared to hear more important things. But there was a mother and her five-year-old daughter walking down the street when the little girl spots something on the ground. She picks it up and instantly begins to put it to her mouth. And her mother said, no, honey, don't do that. And the little girl asked, as often children do, why? And the mother said, well, honey, it's been on the ground. You don't know where it came from. Uh, it's dirty. It has germs on it. The little girl looked at her mother with just admiration and amazement. She said, Mom, how did you know all that stuff? You are so smart. And the mother quickly responded. She said, well, honey, she said, um, moms know these things. Moms know all this stuff. It's on the mom test. And if you don't know it, they do not let you be a mom. And so they walked another two or three minutes down the road, the little girl taking in, pondering everything she had just heard. And then she said, just beaming, she said, oh, mom, now I get it, and if you don't pass the test, you get to be the dad. <laughs> and the mother said, exactly, exactly. So that was a gift for all the moms today. So many of us here have passed the test at times, and other times we've failed the test miserably, I'm sure. There are many 
books that have been written on parenting. I'm sure hundreds, maybe even thousands of books written on parenting. But because there is no child exactly alike, there is not one book except for the Bible, God's Word, that can teach us how to parent. It just seems like yesterday, soon it will have been 20 years that we brought our first child home from the hospital. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember as we were getting ready to leave the hospital, my wife looked at the nurse with fear in her eyes and concern, and she said, you're really going to let us take him home? And then she looked at these nurses with panic in her heart, and she said, and you all aren't coming with us? Do you remember that, Kelly? Because that's exactly what she said because of the awesome responsibility. And I want to tell you, I have failed the test miserably at Child Rearing 101 many times. But I'm so grateful that God blessed me with a beautiful Christian wife that has passed the mom test over and over and over again. I'm so grateful. I'm also grateful today that, yes, you can clap, that's fine. And God also blessed me with a wonderful Christian mother that brought up four boys, five counting my dad, and and did an outstanding job, and there's no doubt she's going to have an extra jewel in her crown one day for putting up with all of us in the many different ways she showed love and taught us the truths of God's Word. But maybe you're here today and, and you're wondering, you know, you're saying, I'm not a parent, I don't have a baby, or I'm a grandparent, or I'm single. Look, this message today is for everyone. It's for all ages. And as I was praying about God's direction for this message, He led me to the book of Proverbs. Many of you know that the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon. And many of the Proverbs are are short, wise sayings. And if you would look in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32, it said that Solomon spoke 3,000 Proverbs during his reign. And The purpose of these Proverbs is to give instructions and to give wise training. Really, the book of Proverbs is a handbook for godly living. And in particular, this verse today, when it says that we are to start children off, most of us probably memorize that verse or learn that verse as train up a child in the way they should go. So when they are old, they will not depart or turn from it. Did you know the, the word train up comes from a Hebrew word that means palate or roof of the mouth. And so a Hebrew midwife or a mother would place something sweet on their finger and they would stick it in the, the baby's mouth and rub it against the palate or the roof of the mouth. And, and that would be an incentive to begin that sucking and that would help them to train them up so they would be nursed later. And so they were training up their child. 
For us, when we train up a child, that means that we are giving them incentive. We are helping train them, teach them how to desire a godly life, how to thirst for righteousness and holiness. And so that's what we're taught to do. We are to train up a child. Now, I shared this at the early service, and I want to make this clear to you once again. Even if you are a godly parent and you have done your best to train up a child in the way they should go, that's no guarantee that they're going to be a godly adult. On the other hand, if you were not brought up by a godly parent or parents and you were not trained up, it doesn't mean that you can't be a godly adult at some point as well. So, but as I shared at the early service, I like the odds a whole lot more when we train up a child in the way of the Lord. And I pray that if you're here today and you're wanting to grow in wisdom and you're wanting to understand how to be a godly person, a godly Christian, then this message is for you. And as I prayed for God's direction, He led me to this verse I can't help but want to share some life lessons that my mom trained me up in the Lord. I'd like to share some life. Now, we'd be here all week if I tried to tell you every lesson that my mom has taught me and that she still is teaching me to this day. But I would like to just share three big ones that have so impacted me. The first lesson... And the greatest lesson that you could ever teach your child or that we could ever receive is to love God or to love Jesus Christ. The greatest message that we could ever give our children is to have a personal relationship, a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Did you know that all of our other decisions are temporary but the only one that is eternal is our faith in Jesus Christ. It's the only one that lasts forever. And do you remember when Jesus had one of the teachers of the law, a scribe, to come up to him in Mark chapter 12, and they said, Teacher, out of all the commandments, which one is the most important? Which one is the greatest? And do you remember what Jesus said in verse 30 of Mark 12? The most important one, the greatest one is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's the kind of love we are to have for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray today that you would have that kind of love. I've noticed something that many times our children or your grandchildren will love what their parents love or who their parents love. Not always the case, but many times what we show our children or our grandchildren that that we love or is priority in our lives, many times that's how they will begin to grow. They'll love what we like. They'll they'll love basketball or they'll love golf or they'll love, you know, seafood or they'll love chicken or they'll love something. You know, I'm getting hungry right now just talking about it. But they'll love what 
we love. And so I pray that we would love Jesus. Jesus in John chapter 14 verse 15 says, whoever has my commands and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. And we know in John 14, 23, anyone, Jesus said, who loves me will obey my teachings. And so one of the ways we show God and the Lord we love him is by obeying him and to live a committed life to him. We show him we love him by giving hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, have you done that? Have you given your heart and life fully committed and surrendered to Jesus Christ? We show Him we love Him by worshiping Him. You know what the word worship means? It means to ascribe worth or worth-ship. And so we are to give Him the worth that He deserves. Let me ask you, what is God worth to you? What is God worth to you? If he's worth something, if he's worth a lot, he should be worth everything because he's given us everything when he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. We know in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we realize that he gives us mercy and grace and forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess that our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. I want you to know today, God loves you and God forgives you. And he wants you and me to love him, to love him passionately, to love him personally, and I pray that you would. I'm so grateful. I remember like it was yesterday. My parents used to teach, and my dad was a principal. My mom taught for years in Washington County, Springfield, Kentucky. And then when my dad was called uh, to Georgetown, to Scott County High School, and, and we were moving for years, my parents, we still had a home in Springfield and then had a home in Georgetown, then Frankfurt for years. But every week, and especially this time of year, we would be going down to Springfield, and my dad raised a big garden, and, and we would mow the yard and, and love pulling weeds early on a Saturday morning when I'd be trying to sleep. But anyway, that was a joke. But we would be there, and I remember like it was yesterday, in our family room in Springfield, Kentucky, that my mother was talking to my brother Tim and me. On the, I remember sitting on the couch. And it was there that I prayed, that we prayed, and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I remember the joy I had and the emotions I had. And then it was just a short time after that that my brother was associate pastor of Buck Run Baptist and my dad was minister of music, my mom church pianist, that Tim and I would go forward in the little sanctuary down on Georgetown Road, and we would make our public profession of faith. And then my brother Terry, before taking his first pastorate, my oldest brother Terry, who's a pastor in Richmond, Kentucky, would baptize 
my brother Tim and me in Elkhorn Creek, along with Marty Joe Gardner and Scott Kenny. I remember the four of us getting baptized in Elkhorn Creek that day and how special it was. And so my desire was to try to live for Jesus from that point on. And you know what, parents, I want to tell you how important it is. The greatest way you can show your children what it means to love Jesus by you modeling that in front of them. You live it out so they will want that in their life. Again, like Mary said, we can say I do to Jesus today and I don't tomorrow. And I pray that you would strive to live out your faith. And so when God blessed my wife and me with three children, even before they were born, I was praying that they would come to know Christ one day as their Lord and Savior. And I feel such a peace knowing that all three of my children have made professions of faith and have been baptized because that means I'm going to spend eternity with them in heaven one day. And that should be all of our desire. If you want to be with your children and your families forever and ever and ever, then you both, all of you, need to pledge your love and commitment to Jesus Christ. The greatest lesson my mom ever taught me was to love the Lord, to love Jesus with all my heart. The second thing she taught me, the greatest lesson, is to love others. To love others. If you would look at verse 31 of of, uh, Mark chapter 12, after Jesus said that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, he said, and the second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. My mother taught my brothers and me a little song when I was a child, and I'm going to spare you, and I'm not going to sing it, but the song was, and you might remember it, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. So she taught me at an early age that we're to love everybody. Whether they look like you, whether they're different, we are to love everyone. And that's the message Jesus tried to teach his disciples before going to the cross when he was in the upper room there in Jerusalem and he was washing his disciples' feet. And in John 13, 34, and 35, he said, A new command I give you, you should love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Listen, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. To me, that's not a, if you feel like it, but that's the mark of a true Christian that we love people. The late great evangelist Billy Graham said the first essential of a happy home is love. There's a lot of homes today that unfortunately don't have a lot of love. As a matter of fact, more and more all the time, people are divided. If I've heard my mom say it once, I've heard her say it 500 times, she'll quote 1 John 4.16, God is love. Verse 19 of chapter 4 of 1 John. We love because he first loved us. And then in verse 21, 
And we have this commandment. Whoever loves God, they must also love their brother and their sister. Now, that can mean family. I think it means the family of faith. But we are to love. And my mother has taught me to show kindness and love and respect to people. And I think about what Paul said in Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, I've also shared that, again, in a home of five men, there were some, some intense moments of fellowship. And my mom <clears throat> was always the peacemaker. Now, think about one of those great Beatitudes out of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. There's no doubt my mom's a child of God. She's been a peacemaker her whole, her whole life. And I want to ask you today, are you a troublemaker or a peacemaker? Do you try to bring kindness and love into a situation, or, or you try to bring uh, division and anger? I, I don't know about you, I, I'm all about peace. I didn't share this at the early, so I just felt led to share it now, but Yesterday, I had gone, made two runs to Lowe's to to get a mulch as, as part of our love, showing Mom that we went and bought all these bags of mulch. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm straight up today after all the bags of mulch we were loading up and putting out. Loaded up and put it out. <laughs> loading up and put it out. So the first time I went, I filled up the car. So you couldn't get another bag of mulch in there. I mean, I had mulch coming out everywhere and uh, got it home. And so it only covered about half. And so had to make another run to Lowe's. And so uh, my little girl, Aunt Catherine, went with me on the second time. And, and the first time, I, you know, I, I'm not a professional when it comes to how you pick up mulch and how you put it out. I mean, you know, I do the best I can. But the when I first went to Lowe's, I parked in the front, went in, told the lady how many bags, and then I pulled around, they loaded it. Well, the second time, I just thought it would save time. I pulled around to the side, put up the tail, and there were some cars in front of me, but they were gone. And then uh, my daughter and I pulled up, and we stopped there and uh, put up the, and I said, I'm gonna, and a guy came up, and I said, I'm getting ready to go in and buy, I'll be right back. And he said, well, you're not really supposed to, but go ahead. And so I said, I'll be quick. So we go in, and actually there's a line. When we get out there, I, I was showing my receipt, and this worker said, you're not supposed to be parking there. And I said, oh, okay. And they said, were you told that you couldn't park here? Well, I didn't want to throw this person under the bus. You know, I said, well, you know, said, well, you're really not supposed to, but, you know, and said, well, you're keeping a lot of other people from being able to pull up and get their mulch, and there wasn't anybody around. And said, people are going to have to go around you. And I mean, you know, almost picking a fight. And, and instead of me saying, well, the guy just told me I could, and I, you know, I just said, I'm sorry. I put my head down. We began to load mulch. Well, 
there were so many people, and I told my daughter, because she was like this, like, oh, my goodness. And I'm like, you know, I'm getting chewed out for buying, you know, $150 a month. But anyway, I said, I'm so sorry. I recently went to see someone whose family's divided. And maybe, just maybe, it could be remedied if somebody would just say, I'm sorry. Maybe if someone, instead of coming back with, well, blah, 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 well, blah, 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 will you never do, will you never do, maybe just to say, I'm sorry. Then I think just as we filled the car with mulch, your heart would be filled with joy and peace. And I don't know what's happened in your family, but I guarantee you there are a lot of families that aren't going to be together around the lunch table today because you're divided, you're angry, you're hurt. Many times it has to do with money. Many times it has to do with inheritance. But somebody's not talking to somebody. And maybe this Mother's Day, the greatest gift you could give is to say, I'm sorry. Did you get that? That we are to forgive one another just as in Christ God forgave you. It was a life lesson. I mean, my daughter saw her dad respond by saying, I'm sorry. Even though the, the worker wasn't as cordial, as nice as they could have been, I should have been parking in the loading zone. And so I pray that today, one of the lessons <clears throat> you could teach your child is to love people and to forgive people. But then lastly, the, the lesson that my mom taught me is to lean upon the Lord in prayer. To lean upon the Lord in prayer. You know, we used to sing that old hymn, Learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. My mom is a prayer warrior. I have watched my mom pray. I have heard my mom reach out to prayer lines, asking for prayer for my dad when he was sick, asking for prayer for one of my brothers and me when we were sick. She's a prayer warrior. She's modeled prayer. She's prayed with us and for us. And parents, I encourage you to pray for your children. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their future spouse. I do that every day. Pray for their career. Pray for God's will in their lives. We are to pray every day. And my mom taught me to Cry out in my problems or anxieties. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, 6, and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. She taught me to call out to God in my pain. Do you remember that Paul had a thorn in his flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment him. And in verse 8 of, of uh, Philipp or 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, Paul said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to remove this thorn. And then we remember what he said in verse 9. 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. She taught me to call out to God in praise. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16, 17, and 18, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. She taught me to call out to know God's plan. I think about Jesus, who was in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was in the shadow of the cross. He was getting ready to go down the cross for us. And Jesus said in Luke 22:42, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. That was the cross, the sacrifice. But not my will, yours be done. We are to pray for God's will, but then to call out to God, seeking His peace and His salvation in our lives. We are told in, in Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord or anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I think about what Upward Sports founder Kaz McCaslin said years ago. It's a race to your children's hearts, and whoever gets there first wins. So not only are we trying to teach them the love of Jesus, but we have an enemy, the devil, that's trying to get to him before we do. Don't allow him that victory. I want to tell you this. I, I am not perfect, but we do try to bring our children up in the Lord. And you know what? There's nothing wrong, and I shared this at the early. If you want to teach your child to love basketball or football or baseball or dance or band or <clears throat> chorus or violin or academics, all those things are fine. None of those things are going to get them into heaven. None of them. Jesus is the only way. Now, he can use sports as a platform for, for our young people to share their faith. I've loved using sports as a platform to share my faith. But don't ever let it take the place of where Jesus needs to be, which is first place. I want to close by sharing this story that years ago, <clears throat> I was seeking direction in my life. I didn't know what God had in store for me. I was, I was lost. When I say lost, I need Christ, but I didn't have direction. My heart was broken. I was single. <clears throat> I was um, didn't know what direction career-wise. I didn't know what I was. I was I was down. I was depressed. Last Wednesday we talked about David being in the cave at Adullam, and how he was crying out in desperate need to the Lord. And maybe you find yourself in a cave today or in a desperate place. You don't know why you're here and what God has in store. And I remember that my sweet mother, even though I was an adult, I remember my mom writing out prayers for me. And she was interceding on my behalf. And she had discarded some of those prayers that she had written on the back of a piece of paper or the back of an envelope or the back of a sheet of paper, whatever it was. And as I read those prayers that my mom was crying out to God, beseeching 
on my behalf. I wept as I saw a mother's love for her son. Thanking God that He had a plan for my life and He had a purpose for my life and He had a person for my life. And she even claimed, I'm thanking you in advance that you had prepared that special Christian young lady for him. I'm thanking you in advance. And praise God, he answered my mom's prayer and my prayer. And he brought me a beautiful wife, a beautiful life, and a purpose that God had brought me into this world. And you might be today saying, I don't know what he has for me. I want the person. I want the plan. I want the plan. I want to be where God wants me to be. It begins when you give your life fully surrendered to Jesus. If you haven't done that, don't expect God to show you his perfect will for your life. You must submit and surrender. doesn't guarantee everything's going to be hunky-dory, rosy, perfect. Jesus told his disciples in John 16:33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So we know we overcome, and he gives us peace. But we have to trust in him and ask him to lead us where he wants us to go. Aren't you ready to follow him even now as we pray together? Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any moms or dads or children or grandparent or brother or sister or friend who's here and they've never taken the first step by giving their heart and life to Jesus Christ, may this be the day. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow Lord, maybe a parent needs to set the example for their children that they would see how important a relationship with you is. They would see how important coming to worship you is. They would see how important it is to serve you and to sing praise to you and to tell others about you. And and Lord, just give us the boldness today to come and make that commitment Father, I pray for Christians that have grown stagnant and complacent and they've lost their passion and their fervor for you. Father, rekindle the flame, spark revival and renewal. And I pray that some Christians would come back to you and say, I'm tired of sitting on the sideline. I'm ready to get in the game. Oh Lord, maybe there are folks that have been visiting this church and and they want to be a part of this family. We are a family. We, we support each other when we're down or broken or grieving. And we encourage people, God, when they're um, struggling with life or addiction or depression or anxiety. We point people to the hope we have in Jesus. So, God, I pray that we would be willing to follow you this day. Lead us. And we'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in this place, I'm going to invite you to stand. And we're going to sing a a hymn of commitment. And would you be willing to follow him, even to give your life to him, even now, as we sing this hymn of faith together. Won't you come?
moment. I am so grateful for this family who comes today to unite with this family of faith. And you can finish that if you're not done yet. But Luke and Shelby Hart, if you all would come up here beside me. So grateful that today this couple that's been attending here for quite some time, the last few years, have come today to make it official. They dedicated their beautiful children today. And Luke and Shelby, we welcome you all and know the Lord has led you here. We pledge our love and prayers and support to you as we are a support team as you raise these children up, train them up in the Lord. I know you want to pledge your love and prayers to Luke and Shelby and their family by letting it be known by saying amen, amen, and applause. We welcome you, welcome you all. You may be seated. What a perfect time that you all would make this commitment. I know you have many of your family members and loved ones here. And please know that if you're here and you would like to speak to me or one of our staff about a decision, it'd be our privilege to speak with you, to pray with you. If you're watching online, contact us. It would be our joy and our privilege to pray with you, to talk with you about your decision. But a couple of things before we go. Uh, please take the time to go by and welcome in the hearts. I'm going to invite you all to join me out in the foyer. And people can welcome you. And then don't forget as you're leaving, there will be uh, folks at each door passing out baby bottles. Every year we collect for avenues for women to go support this ministry. So if you would fill up these baby bottles with loose change or, or dollar bills, however the, however the Holy Spirit leads you, and then bring them back on Father's Day. We pray that they would be filled up as we, again, help with this most important ministry. But thank you so much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be here. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. And again, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. I hope you all have a wonderful day and that you don't have to cook today, that you would just enjoy the day and be with family. I'm going to invite you to stand. Thank you again for being here. Let's sing this chorus again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. before I pray that there is a photo booth in the foyer. If you and your families would like to get photographs, we'd be happy for you to do so. Let's pray. God, what can we say but praise the Lord, praise the Lord for this wonderful day. Praise the Lord for our mothers. Praise the Lord for your faithfulness, for your love. And may we go from this place loving you and sharing with others the hope we have in Christ. In his holy name we pray, amen.